Uh, quick apology before we start on this episode. My audio is kind of jacked up uh, for this entire thing, so I'm going to sound kind of crappy. Uh, Carrie and Micah sound much better than me, uh, but unfortunately you're going to have to deal with crappy Brad audio this episode. Uh, my apologies. But now, on with the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hello, Brad. Uh, we took a week off because I had way too many uh, podcasts and shit that I had last week. This one. Yes. Um, look forward to Metal Gear Solid 2 being released. Uh, that was a really good time, a really fun episode. That was very fun. Um, as a result, we missed like the whole Nintendo Direct. And I was going to start the episode by talking about the big Nintendo Direct news from last week. But now we have to talk about other Nintendo Direct news. (laughs) And look, I'm happy for every... (laughs) I genuinely am. I know this thing has been desired for years and years and years. And you find coming in under the wire. Um, I I just can't bring myself to be happy about Sora. (laughs) I mean, you know, it is it is what it is. I um, I'm not plugged into that community, so I don't uh, I don't really know. I didn't know that Sora was like a must have right like i keep hearing people like goku like uh, okay um look we i don't know time, if we've got time and time to get on this podcast there is no more overrated property in all of video games than it is. right <laughs> right <laughs> and i and i don't necessarily hate kingdom hearts kingdom hearts for me gets lumped into the same like bucket as like star wars like we talked about a couple weeks ago like i don't yeah. hate star wars but i hate the fandom that comes with star wars and i hate all of the yeah all, all of the un, all of that extra stuff there's a lot of that stuff that that fans are just like they just like the look of something and then it's just like oh it's the best thing ever it's like uh not um, really it's but not, uh it's but yeah sora's in it sora's in it he's got his keyblade um, his final smash looks kind of lame to me, but you know, this is not my type of game. Um, and we're not going to get any more of these, like who's going to be in it anymore. Right. Yeah. Can, Sakurai can just like take a break now. I'm excited because if this is the last like major kingdom hearts announcement that we ever get, then it'll all have been worth it. At the end, no, I think we're getting another kingdom hearts re-release on the switch. Aren't we? It doesn't, that doesn't count though. Like that, that, ah. that like, that's just like the bootstrap to this announcement. Here's, here's my favorite part about that, by the way. So they announced that all the kingdom hearts shit is coming to Nintendo switch, which fine. Um, but they're all being streamed through the Nintendo switch cloud because apparently PlayStation two games are two intense <laughs> able to be run natively on the nintendo switch <laughs> i know i know it's the hd versions of those games but 
It's interesting to be like, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, coming to you from the cloud. Like, <laughs> I guess. So that's fighting for everybody. Um, I would imagine only appealing to the same folks who have now played the Kingdom Hearts series through twice at this point, at least, if not, if not more times. Like, are they are these people going to buy the series again? I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just wondering who the holdouts were, uh, who had zero interest in Smash, but now that Sora's in it, they're like, oh well, it's my time to buy now. A lot, a lot of obstinate fuckers like I'm not buying this till it comes out on a Nintendo system. Like, get out of here. <laughs> Must be crazy. Um, so yeah, the Nintendo Direct. Um, it, it was a pretty, it's a pretty, uh, pretty robust direct. I'd say they had a couple surprise drops. Um, you know, Castlevania Advance came out right away. A couple of those were <laughs> really good. Um, Act Razor HD Edition, something that nobody fucking expected to see. Yeah. Act there's, a people, there's a lot of people that like Act Razor a lot. It's it's one of those like cult classic games. From the I mean that was that was one of those games that um, that uh, I, I just never I just never got into. Yeah, nor, nor did I. Um, we got a we got an announcement of a Monster Hunter Rise expansion that's not even coming out until like next summer. So <laughs> a, lot, a lot of lead time on that. Um, yeah. We got some insight on Splatoon 3, which, you know, that's fine. Splatoon 3, fun. The the game director, like, contorted his body into a 3 because that's something <laughs> advertised the game. Uh, my wife was very excited uh, that there, that Brewster is coming back and the Roost is coming to Animal Crossing. Apparently, that's a big deal among Animal Crossing fans. I wouldn't know, but she tells me that it's, that is exciting. That's great. Um, we got a real Bayonetta 3 trailer. Uh, looks cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very excited to play as uh, anime Lauren Bobert again. Uh, I think it's uh, uh, I'm 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 super excited. Uh, Kirby is getting a 3D post-apocalyptic game. Uh, Kirby and the Last of Us, uh, I guess you could say, based on uh, based on that trailer. Uh, you're, we're gonna get the pay, we're gonna get the privilege of paying more money for our Nintendo Online subscription to play Nintendo 64 and Genesis games. You're going to get it, the privilege. I uh, uh, <laughs> I can't um, I can't get up off the twenty. I mean, that's I, look. I completely understand that. Um, I'm going to be upset because I'm not going to get the games that I really want for the Nintendo Switch. Right. What like, games I, do you uh, What games are you looking forward to? Am I looking forward to? I don't like I don't, which ones do you want? Which ones do you want that oh, you I know want, you're I not going to get? I want the THQ collection catalog of, of wrestling. Oh, no, you're not getting those. Look, I'm yeah, look. Those. <laughs> right. Um, but it, but a man can 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 wish. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. Like Mario Kart 64 is going to be on there, right? Like who in their right mind would play Mario Kart 64 today? When Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is the pinnacle of the Mario Kart series, like like it is legitimately and objectively the best Mario Kart game, and why would and it, like unless you wanted to play some of the old tracks that haven't gotten you know moved forward through the series? But if you, there's a reason they haven't gotten moved forward through the series because they're bad, right? Right. <laughs> so, and I have I have to imagine that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe 
is got has got to be like somewhere around it's it's got to be cheap right like oh no it's still 60 dollars. oh <laughs> damn okay <laughs> on popular nintendo first party let's uh, not get crazy here um but of course the big news that got announced the, the the only thing that anyone was talking about after this presentation was they announced the cast of the uh super mario brothers uh, animated DreamWorks feature film that's coming out. Uh, was it this? It's late, it's end of this year, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, starting off with uh, as as Carrie put it in the in the in our show document when she listed this news out, uh, Crisp Rat is is going to be uh, <laughs> now. Look, like why is it? People are like, why isn't Charles, you know, Martinet gonna be Mario? A lot of folks made the point. I agree with it. Do you really want to hear Charles Martinet's Mario speaking in complete sentences over the course of a 90-minute film? Probably not. Yeah, people aren't thinking that through. The people yeah. that want that to happen. That being said, I feel like they could have gotten literally anybody else except for Chris Pratt. I just don't see it, man. I just don't see it. Uh, you know, Chris Pratt has has like a Cleveland accent, you know, in radio, they say a Cleveland accent is just no accent. <laughs> and it's it's just he's got a he's got like a real plain voice. Right. Like he's got he's got a nice he's got like a, a nice voice, but like like in voice acting, like people who do commercials, they don't want they don't want announcer voices. Right. They want like. Cleveland voices, Cle- uh, Cleveland accents. They, you know, they like it's your buddy trying to sell you something, right? And he's got that thing going on, but like I just don't see it with Mario. Like, is Mario gonna look different, or is he still gonna be like, you know, five foot three, uh, uh, two hundred and sixty pounds? <laughs> and and is is he still going to look like the Mario that we've seen in these games? I I got to tell you, I never thought that I'd see the day where the 1993 live action Super Mario Brothers movie is the premium casting for a Mario property when it comes to Mario. Because <laughs> look, I like Charlie Day a lot. I can't again. I just don't see it. I don't see Luigi, and this is probably yeah. been conditioned to like hear their voices how we hear them, right? But at least like, you know, John Languizamo and Bob Hoskins could pretend like they were Italian, even though they are very much not Italian. Yeah, like Bob Hoskins in particular is like, like he threw on that accent, right? But it like, because like for you young kids who don't know the origins of the super Mario brothers, like they're, they're plumbers from Brooklyn, yeah. right? Like they, they, so Bob Hoskins, you know, he read that and he, he was a great actor. So he was like, Oh, okay. I'll put on a, a New York accent. John Leguizamo. I don't know where he grew up, but I have to imagine it's also from New York as well. Yeah. Probably somewhere from New York. Right. Because he says Mario instead of Mario. Right. Like, and everyone from New York says Mario. So yeah, he's like, they sound like they were from New York. I I just don't, I I don't get it. Right. I don't see it. And with Charlie day, I feel like Charlie day is just going to, just going to be 
a little too wacky for Luigi, man. Like, like, yeah, Luigi's kind of wacky, especially in his like Luigi's Mansion games and stuff like that. But like, there's a dark side to Luigi. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> it's like Luigi's got serious road rage issues, man. Like, don't don't mess with that guy, man. Like, he's always been in the shadow all his life. Like, I'm I, I'm very curious, man. I'm very curious to hear what this is going to sound like. Um, Anya Taylor Joy is Princess Peach. I don't know who this is. Uh, the Queen's Gambit woman. I don't know if you've uh, oh, heard okay. of. I, I haven't Gambit. actually. I haven't actually watched Queen's Gambit. Yeah, no, and she uh, she was in one of the X Men movies, apparently. Uh, <laughs> you you. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, Jack Black is Bowser. That actually is somewhat promising. Like I'm actually yeah. fine with that. Um, Keegan Michael Key is Toad. Could be fun. You know, it could be fun. But again, Keegan Michael Key is the type of person that I think is a naturally funny guy until he's trying to be funny. I got you. Then I then he turns it on just a little too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Charles Martin is going to be there. Uh, I, I I also enjoy like the my my favorite part of any Nintendo Direct, honestly, and especially when they do stuff like this, is kind of like the lost in translation aspect of when they're writing copy and how it comes across when it's translated to American. Because they're like, ah, oh, Chris Pratt, he's such a cool guy. Look how cool Chris Pratt is. Like that's going to be awesome. Like it's, <laughs> it's just so it's just so corny. Um, just let Bill Trinan write that shit. Like, come on, like don't don't make it. <laughs> let, him, let him touch it up. Um, so that was fun. Uh, I can't wait till this comes out. Uh, it's who knows? It could be. It could be fantastic. I'm not. My hopes aren't high. Look, I'm my hopes are high, but I will. Uh, I will see. Uh, I will see it just because you know Mario has been a uh, a fixture in my life growing up. So, uh, you know, we, we, I feel obligated to see it. My family and I, for Halloween, we're dressing up as the Mario brothers and princess peach. Uh, but my wife didn't want to wear the gown. So she's wearing princess peach in her tennis outfit because she she just didn't want to wear a dress, that big dress. (laughs) I mean, look, you can't complain. You should, you should have just gone with the whole tennis, uh, the whole tenant Mario tenant, like you could have done like the Mario Sports. Uh, yeah, that's what we should have did. That's what we should. <laughs> um. So look, I've been I've been dying to hear your thoughts on on Deathloop. Um, yes, you've actually played it a bit now. So I'm yes, no, because I'm getting close to the end. I haven't really played it that much over the past week. Um, but I'm I'm I feel like I'm getting close because I've kind of solved most of the uh, critical loops essentially so far. So I think you are right when you said that this game is very like easy to pick up and put down mm-hmm. and, you know, come back to, uh, I've been doing that, but, um, I do like the game. Uh, I think it handles pretty well. Um, the, uh, I think it's a smart game with like dumb AI, Mm-hmm. But at the I, same I, time, I design though, because I don't think I, I think so. Yeah, because I don't I, I don't want to get too frustrated because it's a puzzle game first and foremost. Like it's a first person shooter, but like it's a first person as a puzzle game disguised as a first person shooter, right? And I can't imagine um, I can't imagine like having to do a bunch of stop and pop gameplay while trying to read these things and figure certain things out. So I I do enjoy I do enjoy the balance. Plus, it's just fun to play. Um, I feel like 
uh, you can become overpowered very, very quickly in that game. Uh, I got the um, I got the uh, slab that uh, links uh, mines together, mm-hmm. and I feel like you're pretty much unstoppable with that. I like that's the first thing I saved, and if I can find a silenced gun, uh-huh. uh, I'll be I'll, I'll be good to go. I have I have a um, I have a sniper rifle that uh, that I like using. And I have one of the four pounders, but this four pounder has the, uh, a perk on it where if you pull the trigger, the bullet doesn't come out immediately. It gets a, it's delayed, but it's a more powerful bullet. And for something, mine, some, mine, mine uh, has an explosive, an explosive charge uh, linked on it as well. So that if I miss the headshot and I land the body, it'll still probably kill them, but it just makes it <laughs> obviously. <laughs> and I, I like, yeah, and I like, I like that four pounder because, like, I'm not a sure shot, right? So I am. If I pull the trigger, it's just a half a second before the bullet comes out, and that gives me enough time to like adjust mm-hmm. uh, so that I can get uh, headshots. And even if I don't, if I just get a body shot, it's a, it's a souped up bullet, so I can shoot them in the body, and they'll probably die. Um. One thing about the game that is a little bit anticlimactic is uh, the assassinations of the actual targets. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the the first target, uh, the one that gives you that slab, I killed by mistake. <laughs> like I wasn't trying to do it, right? Like I was, I was in a situation where. I ran into a room and I was kind of boxed in. So I threw a a proximity grenade and I was fumbling around and the proximity grenade ended up killing the initial person. And then the target was right next to her because they were trying to get me. And I was, oh, okay, congratulations. You did it. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. That's uh. It was a little anticlimactic. That, but, that happened um, to me as well because, like, like when I was di- when uh, the one target in the mansion, um, you can kind of you can tr- um, draw him out by cutting off his favorite beverage. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that he actually is the one to like check it out. So, like, he comes to the door. I just see a dude in a in a mask. In a mask, yeah. And I half him to death with a machete, and it's like, oh, you killed Alexis. I'm like, oh. Okay, I realized that maybe him. Like, I thought he sent a grunt to do his dirty work. <laughs> I didn't realize that I'd get a get such a cheap kill, cheap easy kill out of that. And it's funny because that's, that's the way easier way to do it than some of the other machinations that you can set up. Because like, there's one where it's easy to kill him, but then it's hard to retrieve, uh, like like the slab off his corpse. Yeah, kind of thing. So, um, yeah. it's a fun playground. So the powers are interesting because I I found it hard to get rid of nexus and shift when i first started playing because they're so good and what i found is that what i'm going to do in each like when i go to each area actually affects which powers i'm going to equip because they're like if you're going to if you're going to go loud through an area like having nexus doesn't really help you in any way shape or form like you're better off with like havoc or something like that and if you want to um like stealth around a little bit like having aether is better than having um you know, that having shift and and kinesis is also fun, especially like that, that can actually be a good stealth power too, because it's easy to kill solo enemies with it, because all you have to do is lift them up and slam them back down again, essentially to, to get them killed. Um, yeah, I've, I've been having fun with it, but again, I haven't been 
it hasn't been pulling me back in to kind of finish stuff up. Like it's it's kind of one of those games that's just always there. Yeah, I I get that too. Like I'm like I'm interested enough to want to finish it, but I'm not compelled enough to sit there and dedicate, you know, time to like all right, I'm I'm going through this now. It's it's just like, hey, I don't have anything to do and I don't watch television. So, let me fire up uh Deathloop and do a couple runs and get some farm some residium um and see what i can find see what i can keep you know what i mean so but i i do enjoy the game i you know i'm seeing a lot of like uh a lot of praise for this game and i i think a certain amount of praise for it is very well deserved um but i don't know if it's going to be like game of the year for me i don't i don't think so yeah i'm saying a lot of solid it's a solid pickup um great game to pick up on the sale when it eventually goes oh absolutely yeah absolutely um speaking of games that are kind of like just kind of there but still really fun um shockingly shockingly uh hot wheels unleashed is incredibly fun i only picked this up because it was getting a lot of buzz Mm -hmm. um it is one of the better arcade racers uh that's come out in a little while um it's just really fun to control were you a hot wheels guy growing up i wasn't really a hot wheels guy not really. I had a, um, I had a, I remember my parents bought me a track and, uh, you know, it, it, it was what it was, but I didn't like collect them or anything like that. Yeah. So it, this has a lot of that like nostalgia in it. Um, so what's cool about it is that like, so you're using Hot Wheels cars, but everything is to scale in the world. So like you're racing in like these giant areas that are like regular size rooms, but from, from the perspective that you're at, like the cars are still regular Hot Wheels size. So like everything seems like huge in the room around you, um, except for the cars and the track that you're racing along. Um, and it, they have a cool like single player arcade mode that you can go through that runs you through various different races and challenges and stuff like that with some boss battles. Um, they also have a track editor, which was also very exciting to me. So like I really like Mod Nation Racers when that game came out. And unfortunately, performance issues plagued that game um this has a lot of the same kind of stuff that modern nation Razors has and they give you a lot of really cool options with the track because you can build out a lot of like crazy stuff because they have like the loops and they have magnetic tracks so you can like you know have track that defies you know gravity because you can have the cars like stick to it and things of that nature um they have some stunt jumps that you can do in the game which you because you can turn your car in midair as it's flying and then what's really cool is that like when they show the cars after the race like the cars are like scuffed up as like regular Hot Wheels do. And they look very much like they would after like being played with by a kid for uh, a <laughs> long funny. period of time. And like the, the detail on the models is like really good because they even have like the like the seam and the molding for the cars like that you can see and things of that nature. And they have a, like a really wide variety uh, of cars that are in the game. The thing that I don't like about it is how you acquire the cars. So it's there's no microtransactions in the game but they still use like a loot box system to get new cars so like you earn in-game coins by completing races and then you can spend them on a blind box essentially and you open the blind box and there's a car inside and the problem is kind of twofold number one getting a new car takes a lot of coins and you don't earn them that quickly in the game 
And you can get duplicates as well, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, and you can break them down for like components essentially, and or you can sell them for more coins, but obviously you're not getting the same return rate as, as the blind box cost. And then the other thing they do is they have like a rotating shop that has like five cars that are available um, that you can just purchase directly if you want to. And some of them are more expensive than a blind box. Some of them are less depending on the rarity of the car, but the shop updates every four hours and that's not four hours of real time. That's four. It updates every four hours of play time. Play time. Oh, God yeah. oh, stinks, man. Oh God. So like if there's a shit selection of cars, then there's nothing you want. You literally have to play the game for four hours before you will see another rotation of cars to choose from. Oh, that stinks. Oh, no, man. That's just poor design. Get out of here. I, I <laughs> um, but the game itself is good. It's it's a, it's a $50 title on PS5. I think it's even cheaper on the last-gen consoles. Um, if you like arcade racers, I've been having a lot of fun with this one. And again, I feel like this is one that's just going to kind of sit in the back burner. And if I have a desire to just fuck around in a game for a little bit, like Hot Wheels Unleashed will be a good game to just kind of pick up, play for, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, an hour, put it back down. Um, the skill ceiling is pretty low in the game. Like, it's something that's pretty easy to come back to. There's not too much to do control-wise. The cars, like, you can drift. They have a turbo boost that you can enable. Um, you know, the track has, you know, power-ups on it. So you have, like, a boost track. You have something that builds your, your boost meter up and things of that nature. Of course, you have, like, jumps and things like that. And that's the other thing, too. Like, the cars, the physics in the game are, like, Hot Wheels physics, essentially, like, real life. So, like, if you miss a jump or, like, if you, you know, are boosting up a incline and all of a sudden the track flattens out, like, your car will just fucking go flying. <laughs> so it's but like i said it, it's it's a fun game it's a good way to kind of break up with, with all the fucking like serious racing that i'm doing it's a good way to break up kind of the uh kind of that that uh that you know a little bit so yeah yeah all right that's cool yeah it's been fun um okay so lost judgment i'm curious because <laughs> i'd imagine you played this a little bit i've heard about at least the beginning premise of the game <laughs> I said on the last episode that we recorded sounds incredibly Japanese. Like when I heard about the, the premise for the beginning of the year. Well, have you seen the movie law abiding citizens starring Gerard Butler? Citizen, yes. Um, and you remember how Gerard Butler's character, something happened and he just, he just went crazy. Right. And he yeah, decided that, you know, some, somebody killed his family. He's got to take them out and the whole damn system. Um, that's what's happening in Lost Judgment. So this guy is, um, this, this, uh, uh, guy is on trial, but he's on trial for like a train groping. Okay. Um, and at, cause Jap Japan, right. Very, very Japanese. <laughs> and, uh, and during his trial, he's, he's, he makes some comment where he's like, um, Hey, you know, there's a dead body in the seaside town over here. And turns out, yeah, there is a dead body. The dead body is of the of a of essentially a child, right? Like he's not like a kid kid, but he's like a just out of high school. So I guess not technically a child, but this guy's in his like 50s, right? right. There's a there's a the decaying body of a of a of a young man who it turns out that young man 
was picking on that guy's son and drove him to suicide. And the father tried to sue the school. He tried to sue everybody to try and, you know, get this kid uh, locked away. But, you know, legal loopholes and all that, it didn't didn't happen. So now this dude is taking the whole system down. Huh. And and you play as, you know, Yagami and, and you're trying to figure out, uh, you know, you're trying to get to the bottom of everything. Um, it's an interesting premise. Um, it's got a couple twists and turns in it. Um, it's also like very much just more judgment. And, you know, we were, we, we, people get on like Hideo Kojima for his very, very long cutscenes of nothing happening. Mm. Um, yeah, we got to put, uh, RGG studios in here also, cause like, there are points where you just like walk from point A to point B and then here's another 15 minute cutscene. Yeah. And it's just like, it's an interesting enough story, but that's something that you got to be into that story. Um, Probably there are good thing then that uh, this didn't take place in Korea. Cause if that was the case, then the guy would have kidnapped the child, locked him in a hotel room for 15 years, <laughs> released him suddenly, tricked him into having sex with his, his like younger sister or something like that. That's, That's my favorite foreign film, man. That's my favorite foreign film. I love old boy. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and this dude killed that, that like this dude, spoiler alert, this dude killed uh, the, the, the guy, the, the kid who drove his child to suicide. Hmm. But he did it at the same time as the train groping. So that's the rub, right? Like how, how do you, how, how did he do this? How did he commit this perfect crime? Um, and um, there are a couple different mechanics. There's a whole new fighting style. So in the first game, you had two different fighting styles, one that was more suitable for groups of enemies and one that was more suitable for uh, single targets. They have a third one, which is the best one, um, where it's it's all about like parrying and 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 um, um, avoiding getting hit. I mean, it's you have a parry, like, and then the par- you if you link the parry, which is just one button, and it's not like super strict on timing, you can turn a fight around instantly. Um, so there's that. There's a little skateboard that you can drive because there's a whole lot of running around in that game. Um, but it's just it's just more judgment, like to the point where in the first judgment, there's a female lawyer that works for the for the, the law office that you used to be a part of. In the first judgment, there was a mission where you had to kind of doll her up and play dress up with her to get her to infiltrate um, uh, some organization. And I'll be damned if in Lost Judgment, you don't play dress up with that same character to essentially do the same thing, like infiltrate an organization. Um, it's, it's a honeypot for, for all of you uh, spy fans. So it's more judgment. If you like judgment, uh, yeah, go ahead and get this. And if you're curious about it, um, if you like interesting stories but like light on gameplay i would i would check it out you don't need to have played the first judgment to kind of get into this one but um it's a very japanese game like if you're a weeb go ahead and get this game you'll you'll really enjoy it but if you're not like stay away uh i've also been playing eastward 
um, which is a new game that came out for the Nintendo Switch recently. Uh, this was getting a lot of buzz because a lot of people were getting some Earthbound vibes from it, and I can kind of see where that comes from, just in the art style. And there's a bit of uh, like the characters are kind of Earthboundy. It doesn't have like the irreverence that Earthbound does. Um, the gameplay is honestly more like a like a like a secret of game or like like a mana game essentially um, from the 16-bit era. So it's it's an action RPG. Uh, you play a man who lives and works in this underground society, um, which is kind of closed off from the top side because there's like a rumor that there's, you know, like it's a fucking ruinous landscape on the top side, essentially. And you find this girl um, in the mines and kind of take her in as your adopted daughter. And it, it the kind of plot starts there and, and kind of goes on takes a very long time to kind of really get into the plot proper and to kind of find out the premise behind this game. Like I've been playing for six hours and I just came across a scene that started to reveal the bigger, like overarching story in this game. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to stay with it for a little while, Um, but it's been good. The gameplay is super simple. Again, it plays like a, like a mana game um, also kind of like a Zelda game because you have these, small dungeons that have environmental puzzles that you have to solve and it's very zelda-esque in that way um maybe not with all the backtracking and stuff like that uh because zelda has a lot more of that than than eastward certainly does um but the soundtrack is cool uh if you like these style 16-bit games it's definitely worth checking out there's also interestingly um a game within the game like there's an rpg that is very popular with the denizens of this world and you can play that as well. And it's basically like a Dragon Quest, like old school Dragon Quest style roguelike of sorts. Um, I can't really figure out what playing the game, how, how it benefits you. Like, I think it is seriously just a time waster. Um, and then they have a gotcha game that you can get like gotcha statues that give you items within this game, within the game as well. But again, I don't know. I have yet I have yet to come across the real benefit uh, of playing this this uh, meta game that exists within within uh, Eastward. Um, they also have a cooking system that they shamelessly ripped off from Breath of the Wild as well. So, like if you like, if you like the the cooking uh, in Breath of the Wild, then you'll like this because it is literally the exact same system with the exact <laughs> same rewards. Where like a meal that you cook will give you not only a health replenishment but also like buff one of your stats for a a period of time. (laughs) Um, It's a good game though. Like I said, it's, it's on the switch. It's like 25 bucks. Um, I'm having fun with it again. Not a game that I feel like, like it's one of those games that like it's, it's easy to play for half an hour because you can get to like the next checkpoint essentially in a half hour. But I find myself getting like, I, I intend to pick it up for a few minutes and then I get sucked in. And and I end up sitting there playing it for like an hour, hour and a half kind of thing, which is always a good a good thing to uh, to go with. Yeah. Um, before I read down this massive list of games that have come out over the past two weeks, uh, why don't you, Micah, tell us about some of the other uh, cool things that you can do in and around TMP Studios? Oh, like go to densepixels.com slash fans and uh, join our Discord. Uh, if you do that, 
you'll be uh, opened up to a whole new world of social media, one that doesn't uh, thrive off of hate and uh, and has people willing to blow whistles about it. Uh, and then that social media uh, website goes down conveniently for six hours as it tries to do whatever it, you know, wants to do. Um, no, our Discord is actually really fun. Like, I was very resistant to Discord because I'm old and I do not like change. Um, but I find myself uh, using this or just, I don't use it. I check it more than uh, the other social media sites. And it's very, it's very cool, man. You can go to a post office channel and and uh, post whatever you want us to talk about for the week, and then we'll we'll go and and uh, uh, take a look at it and answer it like we'll do today. Uh, you know, we got some soccer fans here. We got some F one fans here. We certainly have some wrestling fans here. All of that stuff you can talk about on our Discord at densepixels.com slash fans. When you go to uh, youtube.com slash dense pixels and subscribe you'll see that uh carrie just jumped in hey 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 and uh and uh you can see you can see brad's new camera angle uh and you can see the fact that brad and i have ears we uh we we have ears guys uh we don't have our big uh we don't have our big cans on anymore so do you guys get fancy headsets was i, I not think, uh, they're not fancy. That's right. Well, They're not fancy. Uh, um, but I yeah. don't have ears. <laughs> yeah, no, Carrie does not have ears. <laughs> Carrie does not have There's ears. Giant holes in the side of her head. That, uh, <laughs> so go to youtube.com slash dense pixels, uh, subscribe, click the bell notification icon. Uh, and uh, while you're at it, just subscribing to stuff, go to TMP, uh, go to whatever podcatcher you uh, choose. And subscribe to all the TMP studio shows. Um, it's hot. Go to all the subscribe to all the TMP studio shows. Um, look, Nerdpocalypse, Black on Black Cinema, Coming Distractions, uh, the weekly preview episode of Look Forward. They're all there. Uh, subscribe to them. Uh, and then while you're still subscribing, because you are just a dirty little subscription whore, and we appreciate you for it, go to densepixels.com slash premium. For $5 a month, $50 for the full year, you get access to uh, the airing of grievances, which now that they are on Netflix uh, and Jay is getting a uh, a slave to watch his child, we will be able to record these during the day. Um, oh, sorry. Indentured servant. <laughs> That's what they are when they're white. Indentured servants. Um, <laughs> no time to bleed. The men with the golden tongues. Look, Brad and I just uh, recorded an episode of the men with the golden tongues talking all about Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. Man, it was a really fun episode. It's a really good conversation. Is Hideo Kojima a genius? Uh, maybe. Or maybe he's just like, maybe he's a psychic. I don't know. Is he clairvoyant? Possibly. Possible. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to believe it at this point. <laughs> um, upstage conversation in the full episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. Look, the Look Forward Political Podcast is doing some big things, man. And uh, they're getting ready to go to video now that uh, now that one of the uh, trio of interchangeable hosts uh, has lives in a civilization uh, and not, you know, whatever Fallout 76 style area he used to live in. Uh, they're going to video soon, so that'll be very, very uh, interesting. You can see 
uh, two ugly people and Brad talk about politics. Um, did, you, uh, did you hear the controversy about Seinfeld on Netflix? Uh, that the aspect ratio is all off, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I haven't watched any of it yet. It's by nine, apparently, and not not four by three. So, like, the, the example that someone showed off is that, like, in the pothole episode, like, Jerry and George are, like, gesturing down at the pothole, and you can't even see it on the screen. Like, it's cut off <laughs> the aspect ratio, which is which seems, uh, not ideal. I can't wait for this generation of young people to watch Seinfeld and clutch all of their pearls because the, the, the uh, characters in Seinfeld are despicable human beings. That's literally the point of the last two episodes is that they are bad people. You know, what's and funny? you know, it's funny. Like I was talking, actually talking about this at work today. It's, it's amusing to me that Seinfeld and friends have the same, issue in terms of like representation and how antiquated they felt even just a couple years later uh-huh. um, after their series ended. However, Seinfeld, I don't feel like it's nearly as much criticism for it as friends. Does. No, it doesn't. And I don't know why I, you know, they're both set in New York, right? Like they're both you know, set in New York and both focus on uh, upper middle-class white people who are not always the best people. Uh, look, I haven't watched Friends, not just not because, you know, I have some vendetta against Friends. I just never I just never watched it. But I love me some Seinfeld. You're I, not I white. Really do. So why would you have watched? Friends? <laughs> because it was a cultural phenomenon. It was a cultural phenomenon, right? Like, I'm not white. But I I've never seen watched every, Friends. I'm not white and I'm not a woman. I've seen every episode of HBO's Girls. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a little bit of a fan of girls. Not a fan of Lena Dunham, though. I was so about to say. So, yeah, I'm a weird, uh, I'm a dichotomy, guys. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a weird mixture of, like, stuff. But it was, it was interesting enough. But uh, we're not here to talk about girls or uh, uh, Seinfeld. We have a whole podcast to talk about Seinfeld. We we're here to talk about you going to densepixels.com slash premium and hitting subscribe. Um. So, Carrie, we actually we discussed the Nintendo stuff already, but I'm oh. I'm very but but you were talking uh, come on welcome because yeah. we because we we very much brushed over like the Kingdom Hearts thing. Oh, so like yeah, Sora was announced for Smash today. Yeah, are it's you kinda, excited? Kinda, am I excited? Okay, I'm excited <laughs> for my friends who are Kingdom Hearts fans. Me, that's right. You're not a big Kingdom Hearts person. I forgot. Me personally, I'm really ambivalent about it. Um, that not that is not the impression that I got from your reaction on. I thought it was really Kingdom funny Hearts, more than anything earlier today. With you know. No, I thought it was really funny. Um, I also thought the fact that they made Doom Guy a fucking me fighter skin absolutely hilarious. <laughs> See, that, that's a more exciting bit of content there than than sort of. Uh, <laughs> there's already two Kingdom Hearts characters in Smash Brothers. Yeah. 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 There are. <laughs> yeah, Cloud and Sephiroth are already there. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where my reaction was like, oh my god, the fucking mad lads, they actually did it. Mostly because it feels like they've people have been asking for this for literally the last 15 years. And they finally pulled it off. Um, they finally opened the checkbook and paid Disney however much money it took to get Sora in there. Because notice that, like... 
There's no Donald, there's no Goofy, there's no Mickey. Like, even on the backgrounds in the Dive to the Heart portion of Sora's stage, where there would otherwise supposed to be Donald and Goofy there, they are not there. They are replaced with other icons. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, but, hey, I mean, I guess if you need, like, a, a dog and a bird on your stage, you can always roll with, like, the Duck Hunt dog. <laughs> And that d- duck hunt, <laughs> duck hunt can be your your Donald Goofy there, standard. There, there is no way that they, that those characters are not going to be paired up in like a spirit battle. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. So as as far as Sora goes, like Sora looks like he's going to play really fun. Um, he's got those big floaty jumps that I feel like the platforming and the franchise is known for but like me personally like i'm more excited for my friends who are actually kingdom hearts fans because reminder i don't fucking like kingdom hearts i i played a hundred plus hours of kingdom hearts only to be like you know what i don't like this at all (laughs) uh I played through one, two, Birth by Sleep. I watched all the between game cutscene compilations. Yeah, I put a lot of time and effort into Kingdom Hearts, only to be like, I, this sucks. Um, so it it's a big deal for a lot of people, and I'm excited on that kind of merit um, more than I am like as myself. It's I'm probably not going to play him that much because. Because I'm not a big Kingdom Hearts fan. I just think it's wild that they got him. Well, there you oh, go. To me. Um, so any any like, you know, obviously I would imagine you're very excited about the Monster Hunter Rise expansion that's coming out. Yes, I am excited for the massive expansion of Monster Hunter Rise, which we actually got more details on during the Capcom Tokyo Game Show um, presentation for Monster Hunter. Um, which I don't know if you guys touched on at all, but um, Monster Hunter Rise is coming to PC. It's coming to PC in January, which is really exciting, which means I'm going to buy that game for the fourth time. Um, Wait, fourth time? Yeah, yeah because I... B- <laughs> so I bought myself the physical copy. I bought a digital copy for a friend, and then I bought a digital copy for myself so I could give my physical copy to another friend. And oh, just so you bought two gift copies. That doesn't... That yeah, doesn't- but it's still... I'm still buying the game many times so now i'm buying another copy for myself uh it looks great on pc yeah the the graphical upgrade is um unsurprisingly huge between switch and pc and then um, i have to imagine sunbreak will align pc and switch content wise so yeah i'm excited I'm looking forward to playing Rise on PC. Much as I have enjoyed playing it on Switch, I will enjoy it more when it looks better on my nice gaming rig. Um, other than that, as far as the Nintendo Direct stuff, I'm excited for the N64 and Genesis stuff coming to Switch Online. Are you saying um, that you're going to have to pay more to access? Here's the thing. Given how cheap... Nintendo Switch Online is already it's $20 for the year if it becomes $30 for the year 
who gives a shit? Like it's it's negligible in the grand scheme of things. The rumor is that they didn't announce price because they wanted to do forty, and they're afraid of what the backlash is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> forty for the year, so they're going to double it. I mean, just but here's, again, just for N sixty four and Genesis. Like if they're not here's the thing, the online platform itself. It's still going to be a billion times cheaper to pay an extra twenty dollars a year to play all of these N sixty four games than it is to try and find those games physically right now for an actual N64 because N64 titles are fucking expensive right now. Yeah, I'll play I'll play Majora's Mask when it comes out in there. Like I've still never played Majora's Mask. I don't feel like seeking out a 3DS. But I feel like I should I feels don't care for Majora's Mask. Which I feel like is an unpopular opinion, but it's not a game I've ever enjoyed playing. So and I tried I tried it on 3DS. I didn't I still didn't like it at all. So they're selling Nintendo 64 controllers for this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wireless N64 controllers and wireless Genesis controllers. And so what's big, fucked and up and is the that the six-button Genesis controllers are going to be Japan only for some reason. Yeah, you, you would think if they were going to be putting out garbage controllers that they would, you know, benevolently give them upon you. But no, they want you to pay real American dollars. To <laughs> yeah, <them. laughs> they're like $50 a Yeah, piece. they're like, yeah, because they're wireless. <laughs> yeah. God damn. Yeah. Yep. Pretty wow. Pretty wild. Remember playing a fighting game on the Genesis three button controller where uh, you had no, to click the modifier? Monster. I played on my Super Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't own a Genesis, but my friend did. And I was like, well, how do you play Street Fighter? He's like, yeah, there's a modifier button that you have to hold to access the other three attack buttons. I'm like, yo, what are, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, even if it does go up to forty for the year, that's still pretty cheap, all things considered. So, cool. fucking whatever. Um, yeah, I'm excited for new Kirby. Three D Kirby, three D Kirby looks great. Um, I'm looking forward to the Animal Crossing direct happening, and I think another week. My wife was very excited about the Brewster. Yeah, the Brewster reveal, like. I mean, it only took them a year and a half, but they're finally making Animal Crossing worth paying attention to again, because I gotta tell you, I haven't touched my copy of that game in nine months, so. I mean, I feel like they owe it to folks. A few people bought it. So. A lot of people bought it. Yeah. <laughs> a, small, a small handful, like a third of the install base. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, I was also pleasantly surprised by the ActRaiser remake. Yeah, I don't know who was I, who I don't know who was asking for it, but cool. Act Racer is an, an interesting little old RPG. Apparently, they added like a tower defense thing in the game, which hmm. has mixed uh, mixed reaction from folks. Act Racer's got a great soundtrack, so yeah, cool. Nintendo. Uh, also, I mean, since I know you were saving this for my next appearance, regardless. Um, oh no, we'll, we'll get there because we're oh, okay. We're, we're jumping around. We're jumping. Oh around. okay. I, I have to. I'll I hold to, it then. Yeah, I have to truck. We're we're in the news part now. I have to truck through this list of games that have come out over the past two weeks, which is insane. Um, first of all, new month, new free games. Here's what you get on Xbox. Uh, a arrow. I know it's not. I know it's just arrow, but. I, there's two A's there when there doesn't need to be, so I'm pronouncing them both. Um, <laughs> is available for the entire month. Uh, Hover 
is available uh, from the back half of the month into November. And then the 360 games you get for free are Castlevania Harmony of Despair and Resident Evil Code Veronica X. So one of the rare months where the uh, 360 games are probably going to be better than the, uh, than the Xbox One games that are free on there. So go figure. Uh, PlayStation has released their October games. Uh, if you've got a PS5, you can play Hell Let Loose, uh, which is a very interesting combination of a real-time strategy game and a first-person shooter. Um, I've heard a bit about this on a couple other podcasts that I listen to. Uh, it does not seem like a game for me, but the premise of it is very interesting. Um, basically, like one person is like the general and he can communicate with the squad leaders and then the squad leaders like manage their own squads that are doing different things in the battlefield. And it requires like to play it well requires like a massive amount of communication, like a real military kind of would. Between actual human players? Yeah. No. Okay. This is not for me. <laughs> this is not for me at all. Uh, and then the PS4 games for free are Mortal Kombat 10 and PGA Tour 2K21, which I'm obligated to check out because I do love some golf games. My husband's thought... been playing a lot of PGA Tour because I think it was free and humble last month. Yeah. Is it he's good? Been, he's been doing a lot of golfing. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I'm, I'm excited. Like, I, I haven't played them since they went to uh, 2K. So I don't know if they're any good compared to like the. Tiger Woods games of yesterday. Apparently, it's great. That's cool. If 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 he's to be believed, apparently the the Jolfin is is good. <laughs> I thought um I've read somewhere that The Last of Us Two is coming to PlayStation Plus. It's on PlayStation now. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's on PlayStation now. Yeah. So, like, you know, if you want to, do I still have PlayStation now? I'll play it if I don't have to pay for it. You know, it's going to be free. I think I still have PlayStation Now. Remember, my wife got me PlayStation Now instead of PlayStation Plus. I remember that. Yeah, I I do remember that very clearly. So while Mike is looking at that, here's a massive list of games that have come out over the past two weeks. Um, Away, the survival series on PlayStation and PC. Chernobylite on PlayStation and Xbox. Ghost Runner on PlayStation and Xbox. In Sound Mind on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Uh, Kiwi on PlayStation, Lemniscate on everything, uh, Neo, The World Ends With You on PC, New World, the new Amazon MMO, which has got a lot of people talking about it, came out on PC. Uh, the Outer Wilds DLC came out on everything that Outer Wilds is available. Uh, Steel Assault came out and switched to PC. Insurgency Sandstorm came out on console. Aeon Drive came out on everything. Uh, Astria Ascending came out on everything. Darksiders 3 came out on Switch eFootball 2022, which apparently is a hot steam pile of garbage, came out on console and PC. Uh, hot Wheels Unleashed, uh, as we talked about before, came out on everything. Imposter Factory came out on PC. Rogue Lords on PC. The Last Friend on Switch and PC. Unsighted, uh, which I played the demo of, and I think I might like it, uh, came to PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. Uh, FIFA 22 came out on everything. Phoenix Point uh, came out on console. Alan Wake Remastered is coming to console and PC. Uh, BPM, which is a like a bullet hell roguelike, is coming to PlayStation Xbox. Uh, we talked about Hell Let Loose. Jet the Far Shore came to PC and PlayStation. Rainbow Billy, The Curse of Leviathan on PC and console. Uh, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania, which is apparently a compilation of the first three Monkey Ball games, uh, comes out on everything. Uh, Art of Rally on PlayStation. Age of Darkness Final Stand on PC. Far Cry 6 on everything. I completely forgot that game was coming out. Uh, the Lightbringer on PC and Switch. Moonglow Bay 
on PC and Xbox, Knockout Home Fitness on Switch, Lego Marvel Superheroes on Switch, Metroid Dread, which actually looks tight on Switch, uh, Trenches Reflect Connected on Switch, and the Switch OLED comes out on Friday, and I am probably getting one because I am a sucker. So. Nice. <laughs> uh, did you guys talk about uh, Delta Room? Because uh, that also no, dropped like a week and a half ago. I haven't downloaded. I haven't played it yet because I because I oh. did not realize that it was coming to Switch, and I did also did not realize that it was free. Yes, chapters one and two of Deltarune are free. Toby Fox has said that uh, further chapters will, I believe, all be releasing all at once, and you will have to pay for them, um, which is, I think, fair at this point. Uh, but yes, Deltarune chapter two dropped. Um, I guess about ten days ago now, something like that. Um, I did play it on PC. I blasted through it in one sitting in one night which was a mistake because i was up until three in the morning and that <laughs> i'm stupid um but before we move on i i'm sure you guys talked about death loop and all the stuff that you guys were playing but i i have to talk about paradise killer really quick because i it, this is a, an indie game it's by kaizen gameworks it released right around this time last year and i had heard here and there some stuff about it. Um, I heard that the soundtrack was really good and um, and I was looking for something new to play and it was something that I think it was free and humble a couple of months ago so I got a free code for it and uh, yeah that game is fucking incredible <laughs> like it's really really good um, it's an open world mystery adventure game um, it is so it it's very unlike really anything else i've played before um it has some stuff that could draw comparisons to like the ace attorney games but even then not really uh it's it's been a while since i've played a game that feels so unlike anything else i've played and um, feel so confident in sort of what it is, and also the soundtrack fucks. So first, the first question on Google is: Is Paradise Killer like uh, Danganronpa, which I guess is illuminating of sorts? So uh, yeah, I mean, I in so much that there is like a trial, and you have to like accuse the right people to get the best possible ending. Yes, mm. but not really. So. Play Paradise Killer. It's really good. Um, but yeah, Delta why is this game seventy five gigs? I'm sorry, I just Wait, Paradise Killer seventy five gigabytes. No, no, no. This this other game that I'm downloading. Oh, <laughs> what game were you downloading? Uh, the Last of Us. Oh, Jesus Christ! Why? What, why do you think it's seventy five gigs? It's the Last. Of Us. Uh, it was a lot of a lot of a lot of watching, a lot of sitting <laughs> down and watching movies. Yep. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, you're the good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but yeah, Deltarune, go ahead and... Uh... Yeah, De Deltarune, um, it's good. I mean, I finished it in like six hours, something like that. And I would like to go back and, and play through one and two back to back and actually do all the extra boss stuff and whatnot. Um, and just have have all of that sort of lined up. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. You should play Deltarune chapters one and two because they're because they're free and they're good and they're fun to play. Um, but yeah, so um, I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of Deltarune plays out. So, um, 
the, so the news this week, like, okay, so Activision Blizzard settled their lawsuit with the U.S. Uh, EEOC uh, for $18 million, um, which I believe is, uh, I want to say, like, 1% or, like, 3% of their quarterly earnings last quarter. Mm-hmm. So not much, uh, as I put it, uh, with the change that they found in their couch. Um, it's not nothing. Apparently, the money is supposed to be distributed to employees uh, that have been, you know, subject to mistreatment at Activision Blizzard, and then the rest is going to be going to, um, you know, other causes and things like that. So, again, that's the uh, in my mind though, that's the first domino to fall. They have a lot more legal problems. Mm-hmm. That are- yeah, I mean, the the lawsuit basically demanded that um, Activision. Uh, institute and carry out policies, practices, and programs to ensure equal employment opportunities and which eradicate the effects of its past and present unlawful employment practices. So um, full complaint is online. Um, but yeah, so the, the $18 million is going, it's basically being used to create a fund to pay their employees. So, so yeah, more to come there. Um, Twitch is finally taking hate raids sort of seriously by adding some additional verification uh, into the mix. Basically, streamers can now enable that some or all users verify a phone number before they can get into their chat, um, which should hopefully, you know, prevent like bots and things like that from being able to conduct hate raids and participate in those things and things of that nature, um, as is par for the course with stuff like that, though, is that once you roll out a protection, then, you know, the people that are used to subverting these things will, I'm sure, find uh, a way around it of some kind. Um, they can also add email verified chat. They can tailor their chat rules more specifically so that, like, for example, create, you know, users who have only been following uh, for a certain period of time will need to be verified, whereas if you've been following someone for a longer period of time, you might not. Uh, basically, they're just trying to make sure that real people are the ones doing this so that there can be accountability uh, if you are, you know, kick off a hate rate or participate in one or things of that nature as well. So uh, that's good. Um, I wish that they had been a little bit more proactive about this, uh, especially when this first started happening, because I feel like that their response to this was uh, awful slow, um, awful delayed. And I feel like that these are easy. I mean, I don't know how easy they are to implement, but I feel like that they're common sense things that should have maybe been implemented before anyway. So. Uh, yeah, I, it's it just kind of sucks that this <laughs> that this even happens. But yeah, like you said, like their the response was a little mealy mouth. But yeah, uh, better late than never. How do the gays uh, <laughs> keep winning uh, when it comes yeah. to the RPGs? So, um, Rune Factory, which is the spinoff of the Harvest Moon Story of Seasons franchise, in where you not only run a farm but also fight monsters. Um, the English localization of Rune Factory 5, um, Rune Factory 5 is already out in Japan. But the English localization will introduce same gender marriages. For the first time in the franchise, they are finally allowing same gender marriages. Um, it, previously, um, well, first, previously, you were only allowed to play as a male character and get married to bachelorettes in rune factory four you could technically have same sex marriages but it required you to like 
flip your character's gender after the main campaign and then you would like be misgendered by <laughs> NPCs after doing so and it was a oh, mess <laughs> yeah it was a whole ass mess um, but the the developers at Marvelous and Xseed um, particularly lead producer uh, Yoshifumi Hashimoto um, had uh, had said that he, he wanted to be more inclusive in future titles. Um, and I believe that was in almost a direct response to how Stardew Valley allowed you to, to get married to any of the available um, bachelors or bachelorettes, uh, regardless of your gender presentation in the game. <clears throat> um, and Story of Seasons Friends of Mineral Town, which was the remake of the old Game Boy Advance title, which released last year, that allowed for same gender marriage and now rune factory is finally taking the step into there so yes the i i listed this story as if god hates the gays why do we keep winning <laughs> because finally you know and and this feels big particularly from a japanese developer because um like the the way the lgbtq community is treated in japan is um still not really where it needs to be so to to see this sort of inclusivity from a japanese developer especially um feels feels like a pretty big deal so good yeah good it's the only way it's gonna like like the stuff has first of all carrie keep your politics out of my video games second of all <laughs> the only way any of this stuff is just going to be normalized is if we normalize it right like as if it's treated as normal which it is so right very cool uh, Micah, would you like to tell the fine people where they should spend their money uh, to help support their favorite video game? I have a confession to make. Um, uh, you can do it. You can you can be like me, and if you shop at Amazon, you can you should go to densepixels.com/slash/amazon. When you do that, you help out the show. Um, and uh, without any extra uh, effort on your part. Now, normally I come here and I give you an example of what to buy. Uh, from something that I just purchased. Um, and uh, Carrie, Brad, I, I, I went on ahead and I did it because uh, October is a five Friday month, which means <laughs> <laughs> you pay three times. Um, you know, I put some in savings, but then I, I splurged a little bit, a little bit. And I bought a Samsung 980 Pro one terabyte uh, uh, M2 SSD for uh, my PlayStation. <laughs> um, so yeah, do that. Go to densepixels.com and buy yourself uh, 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 some storage. Buy yourself some storage. I don't care where you put it. You can, you can store your storage in your fucking pantry as far as I'm concerned, but like the bigger, the better. Go get yourself uh the samsung 980 pro one ter- no get yourself the two terabyte uh m.2 ssd <laughs> um and get yourself a heat sink because it doesn't come with a heat sink and uh you don't want to blow up your playstation <laughs> so yes densepixels.com slash amazon uh, if you go to densepixels.com slash fans you can join our discord where you can ask us questions in the dense pixels post office you ask your questions throughout the week. We answer them on the show. Much as we're going to do with Mac Taz, who wants to know if we're watching Heels on the Stars Network. Uh, I don't have the Stars Network, so absolutely not. 
I don't have stars. We used to have stars, but uh, the black show du jour power uh, went off the air after three seasons too long. And uh, we decided that we're not going to re-up on stars. So, um, and I I don't want to pay for stars and I don't want to, I try my best not to acquire things uh, by other means. So um, if heels, you got to tell me if heels is good. Like is heels really worth it? Because I'm not like a huge Stephen Amell fan. Um, But, and, and I, I like wrestling, but I don't know if I, I, I get enough drama from actual wrestling. I don't know if I need scripted drama of scripted drama. Very cool. Uh, Daniel says he just saw an ad for a watch using Far Cry 6 in-game footage to show off the watch. Uh, as a watch connoisseur, <laughs> I thought. So, yeah, this, this of course, came across my feed as well. Um, Ubisoft and uh, the Hamilton Watch Company teamed up to make a Far Cry... Uh, crossover watch so here's the thing hamilton has um worked with a lot of properties in the past uh to create special editions of watches uh they can't so there was a watch that they made specifically for the movie interstellar that wasn't like a production watch that was so popular among watch heads that they eventually came out with like a special edition of it that matches that watch which is a very cool watch um but the hamilton watches all they do is they take one of their existing watches and they just change like a small aspect and then jack up the price by a couple hundred dollars to basically create a special edition. Fun. So I'm looking right now at the at the Far Cry 6 uh, limited edition watch. Um, so funnily enough, I actually have a Hamilton khaki field watch that is incredibly similar to the Far Cry 6 watch, um, which I'm holding up to the camera here on YouTube. You can see it right now. So this is essentially just the regular khaki khaki field automatic that Hamilton makes. Um, but instead of, you know, white numerals, uh, they're using like what's called old radium uh, super luminova, and they replaced it with a red seconds hand, and it comes in a titanium case. That's pretty much the only difference than what is currently available for significantly less money. I'm sorry. Can you show me your watch again? Because I'm looking at the. Uh, I'm looking at the. Yo, it look all right. <laughs> I'm not a watch connoisseur, right? Yeah. I'm not, but it looks virtually identical. So, so mine mine happens to be the day date model, which has a day and date window on it, which is a little bit fancier. Mm-hmm. Um, but mine's also stainless steel, which which normal watch cases are. Titanium's cool because it's super light, um, but it's not like you know wristwatches aren't the heaviest things anyway. <laughs> in, in right? The yeah. Um, it's a fine watch. I don't foresee this like flying off the shelves because a lot of like Hamilton fans are kind of like, I, I personally, this is the only watch with like the old radium loom that I own. Um, that's kind of a new fad in the watch industry that I'm kind of tired of already. Like, I don't really don't need to own another watch with like those, you know, faux aged numerals that you see with the Far Cry 6 watch. Um, it's fine. I like the regular Hamilton khaki field a little bit more. Do you get annoyed as a as a like a watch connoisseur mm-hmm. when some when some big company invades the thing that you like to just kind of just kind of piss their logo all over it? Like, do you get offended by that, or is it like well, so is it welcome? In this case, 
it's subtle because it's not like this thing has like Far Cry 6 or Ubisoft logos all over it. Like it's just a hand right. watch that just is slightly different. Um, but is it is it just too gimmicky? Like like it's it's ultimately a good thing, I think, because it's exposing the brand and the watch to a lot more folks that might not normally be inclined um to get it. Like I said, this is tastefully done. There's definitely promotions that are not as tastefully done uh when it comes to things like this. And so Man. this is this is not bad. I'm looking at uh I'm looking at Hamilton watches and I'm just like they're just like I googled Hamilton watches, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know what you do for a living, mm-hmm. but are they hiring because some of these watches uh they all look very nice, but they are a pretty penny. Would it would it hurt your feelings to let you know that Hamilton is actually like an entry level? Like, Are you serious? Like, <laughs> God damn. <laughs> they are, uh, they're actually on the lower end. Now, now the thing about Hamilton's is that you can get them on the gray market for considerably cheaper than buying them direct through Hamilton. Uh, that also comes without the protection of like warranties and things of that nature, but uh, they're generally pretty good. The resale value is also like you can get, you can buy a used one for pretty like about half or a little more than what most of these go for in retail. Uh, they're all very, they're all, they're all very, very nice. Uh, I'm very glad I'm not a watch person. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I'd be in trouble. Be. I'm actually probably selling this watch soon. Cause I really don't wear it that much anymore. And I have a couple that kind of fit its role in my, in my watch box. So this might be on the market uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But no, I, the watch is fine. It's like I said, it's not the greatest watch in the entire world. Um, but as far as crossovers go, it's not bad. Just not for me personally. Uh, Johnny asks, Carrie, uh, should he bother with the Jujutsu Kaisen anime or is he falling into an overrated trap like Evangelion? Uh, also, side note, why did you not warn Johnny about Evangelion? Okay, for the record, I've never once recommended anyone ever watch Evangelion because <laughs> it's not very good. Um, people think it's really good. They're like, oh, it's so deep. Like, it's not deep. It's just written really poorly. Um, <laughs> I said the same thing about Kingdom Hearts. Oh, it's it's not that you just don't understand it. No, I understand it completely. It's just written fucking badly. Um, I have a master's degree in professional writing. I think I know how to spot good writing when I see it. This ain't it. Um yeah, Ava. Ava is one of the most overrated franchises on the planet. Um, I actually don't. I don't know enough. I haven't watched Jujutsu Kaisen, so I can't really say one thing or the other about it. Um, I have friends whose opinions on anime I trust, um, and they seem to enjoy it. That's that's all I'll say about it. Is, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's new at least it's I don't know. It can't be any it can't be any worse than fucking Attack on Titan anyway, which also sucks. If you like Attack on Titan, eh. <laughs> your, your tastes are suspect. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I think it's just these new these new anime fans, right? Like they I look I'm not I'm not one of I'm not in either camp. I I like what I like. And I usually like dumb shit, but um, I remember watching Evangelion twenty plus years ago, 
and just didn't get what everyone else thought of it. I've watched Ava a couple of times. Once when I was like really young and like just getting into anime. And then again, when I was in like college and I remember not liking it as a kid. And then in college, I was like, well, maybe I was just sort of like too young to understand some of the theme themes that are going on here. So I watched it again and no, it's just, it's just bad. It's just not, it's just not written very well. And I don't understand why people fall over themselves um, trying to claim that Ava is like this end-all be-all. Um, it's fine. Look, everyone's certainly allowed to enjoy things. I just, it's, it's not deep. It's just written and edited very badly. And, it, <laughs> and, that, and that means you have to like sit and really think about it to see if you like get it or not. And you that doesn't draw mean your that, own conclusions. Yeah, and, and that shit. Right. and that doesn't mean <laughs> that it's deep. That means that it's written badly. Um, <laughs> something can be deep, and 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 be written well, and and be deep. And this isn't. It's not that. Um, <laughs> apparently, the rebuild movies do do a much better job. I haven't bothered with those because I already know that I don't like Ava. So why would I spend another six hours of my life watching? Ava movies when I already know that I don't like Evangelion. Um, but apparently the rebuild films are handled the the themes that Hideaki Anno was trying to get at much better. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna read Cam's terrible question first because I don't want to end on it. Um he says, Has there ever been better video game news than Sora being announced for Smash? I will reiterate what I said earlier in the episode. If this is the last major Kingdom Hearts. Uh, news that we ever get, then it will have all been worth it at the end of the day. You know what? I agree with you. If this is it, if this is if this is finally it, if if we have finally killed Kingdom Hearts, um, sure. No, you just don't get it, right? Like <laughs> right. Oh, I just don't get it. No, yeah. fucking Nomura shouldn't be allowed to make video games. <laughs> uh, Film Wanderer asked the last question this week. Uh, he says, in lieu of Sunday's or last Sunday's F1 race in, F1 race in Sochi, uh, have any of you attempted to race uh, slicks in rain in racing games? And I'm actually glad uh, that I got to wait on this question because as it happens, um, I was playing F1 over the weekend. I'm currently doing my team, so I'm working my way through a season. So we, I was, uh, what track was that? It was, I was at the Red Bull Ring in Austria. That was the race that was going on. And qualifying was happening. Now, in, in Q2, the second round of qualifying, um, it, the, the weather was dry. But on the, on the rain forecast, rain was expected to roll in in about five to ten minutes, which created a very interesting scenario where everyone was, was you know, rushing to get a lap in on slick tires before the rain started coming down. Because once you had to switch the switch the wets, uh, obviously, like the speed was just not going to be the same. So, I, you know, I ran out and did two laps on slicks and didn't post a very good time. Like I, I was qualified. I think 10th, which was enough to make the cutoff, but um, not good enough to, you know, to, to be where I wanted to be higher up on the grid. So when the rain started to come down, um, I pushed it for another lap or two on slick tires. And let me tell you, when you're racing slicks, even in just like a mild amount of rain on a racetrack, um, 
you're you're basically you turned the car into an ice skate. <laughs> and I definitely went around a corner, tried to slow down. Uh, the brakes just were not responding, and I went off into a wall and crashed out of the session uh, because my tire was hanging off of my car essentially. Uh, and that's how you know not to rain race with slicks in wet weather. Uh, how Lando Norris in in IRL uh, did not crash his car into the barrier, uh, I will never know. Uh, that's an amazing bit of driving that he did, just to even get the fucking thing in the pits. I felt so bad for him. Um, I don't know, Micah, if you watched it or Carrie, if you even saw anything about this, but basically, Lando Norris, uh, who has never won a race, he's about 21 years old, uh, was leading a race, leading the race in Sochi. Uh, with about five laps to go in the race, rain started to come in. Um, but the Sochi track is so wide that it was only raining on part of the track at first. So, like, when his team was asking him, do you want to come in for for wet tires? He was like, no, no, no. He's like, because if I come in, then Hamilton's probably going to pass me and he's going to win. And so he stayed out. Um, and Hamilton comes in for wet. So they let him know. And he, like, he basically... He basically shrugged off the advice of his team to stay out. And it would have been like a really legendary thing if he had been able to pull it off. But then with like three laps left, the rain actually started to come in and he just couldn't keep the car on the track. And so he had to go, he had to go in for tires at that point. And because he stayed out so long and he had to like basically limp back to the pit row, uh, he ended up finishing uh, seventh in the race when he had a guaranteed podium if he had just gone in for, for wets. So very heartbreaking uh, very sad, but uh, he's a young man. He'll uh, he'll have he'll have plenty of other opportunities. I'm sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's youth and hubris talking right there. Absolutely, you know. <laughs> but it, but like, it was just interesting because like that weather coming in just at the very tail end of the race, like completely shook up the entire the entire grid. Like there were so many position changes uh, that happened over that last couple over the last few laps. It was it was just a wild ending. Uh, it was actually a pretty good race. It's socially uh, not historically a good track. Uh, for good racing, so that was a that was a good uh, a good little F one weekend that we had there. Uh, so that is it. Thank you guys very much for submitting your post office questions. Again, don't forget to go to netflix.com slash fans to join the Discord. Uh, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, as well as all the other uh, TNP Studio shows. Uh, I just did coming distractions last week where I reviewed No Time to Die, so you can check that out and then wait for these. Very excited to you on. Uh, Men with the Golden Tongues at some point here soon. Um, YouTube.com slash pixels for YouTube. Make sure you go to Suffet's Carrie uh, on Twitch so you can follow her. Extra Life is about a month away. Yeah, uh, I, I might actually be doing some streaming this coming weekend, actually. I don't know what I'm going to play. I might do Paradise Killer again. Um, or I'll play Delta Rune 1 and 2. Um, yeah, and um, please like my band on <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> YouTube. If you if you like listening to the men with the golden tongues, um, I just posted a new video of us playing the uh, the theme from GoldenEye sixty four, uh, the Bylamore Dam theme. So actually, very excited to listen to that because I really like that uh, that that opening level song. Yeah, it's iconic. It's it's it's, 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 yeah, it's great. I like to think we nailed it. So please check that out. Um, we're at facebook.com slash quick save band. And uh, fingers crossed that we get like a bar spot at MAGFest this year. So uh, you can follow me at Dense Pixels Brad. You can follow Terrence at Apparition 410. Uh, and that is it for us this week. We appreciate you guys listening, watching. We'll see you all the next time. See ya. See ya. <laughs>